Everybody loves the touchdown. Throws to the back of the end zone, and it is touchdown by Holmes. The grand slam. Fly ball to center field. Ethier has done it again. It's a grand slam. The buzzer beater. Gets it to LeBron for three for the win. Yes! But how did those players get to that moment? And who built the venue and signed the contracts? We dig into the business side of sports and give you the answers. This is Sports Business Radio, powered by Postano. Now, from our studios in Portland, Oregon, with Sports Business Radio, here's your host, Brian Berger. Well, thanks for checking out the only show in the country dedicated to covering the business side of sports on a global scale. Thanks for being with us this week. Our guest, Rebecca Pfefferman, the head of South by Sports, which is part of South by Southwest. The event is quickly becoming one of the top sports events on the calendar. It's featured the likes of Bill Simmons, Charles Barkley, and Ronda Rousey. We'll hear more about the 2016 event, what you can do to have your panel chosen or your featured conversation chosen. That's coming up with Rebecca Pfefferman on the show. John Mugar is the founder of the basketball tournament. It's a winner-take-all single elimination tourney where the winning team takes home a million dollars the tournament's going to feature dozens of ex-NBA players. Really an interesting concept, so we'll catch up with him this week. And then Kyle Nelson, the co-founder and CMO of MVP Index. MVP Index is the first index that measures the digital brand value of over 20,000 professional athletes, plus their associated teams and leagues. We'll talk to Kyle on the show this week. A few headlines. The Women's World Cup record TV ratings. Uh, the USA is going to play in the World Cup final on Sunday, so that will be big for the TV ratings as well. But overall, a really well-run event, and uh, it'll be an interesting finals match. We'll talk about the finals and look back on the World Cup on our next show. NBA free agency is underway. Big names, LaMarcus Aldridge, Dwayne Wade, Kevin Love, even LeBron James amongst the biggest stars on the market. It's a formality by many people uh, that LeBron will just go back to Cleveland. Uh, LaMarcus Aldridge, DeAndre Jordan may be big names that switch jerseys. Uh, free agency is underway. It got underway at midnight on Wednesday, so we'll be watching that closely and discussing that on future shows. Nike co-founder Phil Knight steps down as chairman of the company. Knight, 77 years old, is recommended to the Nike board of directors that CEO Mark Parker step in to succeed him as chairman. The company said in a statement, Nike also announced that Knight's 41-year-old Son Travis Knight was named as the newest member of the board. Knight co-founded Nike, then known as Blue Ribbon Sports, in 1964 with his former college track coach, Bill Bowerman. Now, Knight plans to stay involved with Nike, and he will transfer most of his Nike Class A common stock to a limited liability entity known as Swoosh LLC, managed by Knight. Parker and two other Nike executives. So, uh, Phil Knight has also donated over, you know, several billion dollars to uh, charitable causes ranging from cancer research to academia. So, uh, I think he'll be remembered for those legacies and the impact he made with those donations as much as anything he did with Nike as well. So, coming up next, Rebecca Pfefferman, the head of South by Sports. You're listening to Sports Business Radio. We'll be right back. Stay in the know at sportsbusinessradio.com. Podcasts, blogs, and more powered by Postano. SBR will be right back. Hot town, summer in the city. Back of my neck, getting dirt and gritty. Been down, isn't it? 
Hi, it's Brian Berger. Here at Sports Business Radio, we are proud to work with our partners, Pastano. They make a sports-proven visual marketing platform that I've personally been amazed to see. Teams like the Dallas Cowboys, Boston Red Sox, LA Kings, and Cleveland Cavaliers all use Pastano to engage their fans. When sports teams and fans tell their stories together, amazing things can happen. Every fan has a story. Whether you want to put selfies on the Jumbotron, create a dynamic social media command center, or activate a hashtag campaign on your website, Pistano can design an amazing social experience true to your brand. Even better, using the Pistano platform can pay for itself through selling sponsorships. As an example, the Kings sell sponsor space to Toyota and other clients and run the ads using Pistano. Want to see what your team's social content could look like? Schedule a demo today. Go to pistano.com slash sports. If you're a fan of this podcast, you understand the real power of engaging your fans. And these guys get it. That is P-O-S-T-A-N-O dot com. Back to Sports Business Radio with Brian Berger. My guest is Rebecca Pfefferman. She is the head of South by Sports. You can find her on Twitter at Reb Feff. That's R-E-B-F-E-F. She's a good friend of the show. She was recently a panelist at My Sports PR Summit in New York. Rebecca, thanks for joining us on Sports Business Radio. Thank you for having me back, Brian. So exciting times for you. The third edition of South by Sports takes place March 11th through the 13th of 2016. But we've already got panel picker open and uh, I wanted you to come on and talk about that because I know many of our listeners would be interested in not only attending South by Sports, but possibly even putting together a conversation for your event. Um, absolutely. Yeah, I know. It's like all sports seasons now. It never ends. It just it just starts up again immediately once you're done. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, as you mentioned, this, the, the event happens in March, but we utilize a system to, to help us program that we open up called Panel Picker, um, and that opened yesterday. And um, so there's a, an open entry period wherein anybody from our community or our partners or people we're working with to curate programming um, ha- can submit and enter a proposal into the system. So it's a pretty thorough system. You would you sort of divine of a, of a topic, a title, a description, speakers, um, supporting materials. And so you're really trying to put your best foot forward with this initial presentation um, within the panel picker context. And then what happens is that that entry period is open until July 24th. So there's about a month to get entries in, and you can work on one and come back to it. So you don't have to get it all done at once. But um, everything needs to be completed by the 24th of July. And then there's a, we close that down, and then there's a little bit of a, um, a tinkering period for us on the back end. And then we open up to open community voting. So from August 10th through September 4th, um, anybody in the community has the opportunity to go through and vote uh, thumbs up, thumbs down. Yes, I would want to see this at South by Southwest. No, I wouldn't. Um, and it's and it's really sort of cool for two reasons. The open voting period. One, it gives us a, a really helpful barometer of you know things that are gaining traction versus things that aren't, or alternately, you know, a volume of content that's getting a lot of traction you know, on, on one particular topic. Um, but it also serves twofold for the. Uh, People who propose the sessions as an opportunity for promotion because they get to, you know, share it and get their community engaged and right. say, you know, sort of like vote for my panel at South by. So um, that that voting period is pretty important, and and so we really like this timeline and and partially why it's so early. I know it's June. Um, <laughs> actually, it's July. Wait, no, June. We're still in June. One more day. Um, but uh, but you know, for us, it takes a long time to program and really curate these things properly, and and we really want to 
pick the best and put together the best from the outset. So that, that means having the, the big picture in mind as we look at the bulk of what's been submitted. So from there, we then close the voting period on September 4th, and, and we look at what the public has said, we look at what our advisory board has, has evaluated, and we, we, of course, as staff, have gone through and evaluated as well. And then, then we make our programming decisions starting then. So at the end of the day, you have approximately 50 sessions total. Is that correct? When you, correct. When, for South by Sports. Okay. So this is a system, just I should clarify, that is for all of South by Southwest in general. So this, so even if people, if actually if people want to apply to a different part of South by, this is also an opportunity for them. Okay. So the 50 sessions total, you want the focus to be on culture and technology. And then you also want people to really zero in, hone in on a topic. So... Um, I know one of the things we discussed is instead of that 30,000-foot level discussion, you're really looking for the 5,000-foot level where people drill in on a certain topic, right? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think, you know, we're trying to eliminate, um, you know, some panels where things that get sort of repeated that everyone already knows um, and, and everybody's speculating about where things are going to go. I mean, I think there's a place for that in certain in certain forums, and there's a there's a bit of a, a space for that at South by Southwest um, and at South by Sports. But in particular, with our programming, we really want to try to come at every big picture topic from a very specific angle, so that we can keep evolving that conversation year to year um, and say something new each time. Uh, if every year we're just sort of discussing the state of affairs, it's not really forward thinking, and it's not really going to move the needle on anything. So we'd like to facilitate panels that are going to actually, you know, further action and conversation that, that may have impact. Our guest is Rebecca Pfefferman. She's the head of South by Sports. You can find her on Twitter at Reb Pfeff. So what were some of the topics, discussions that resonated last year uh, or I guess earlier this year uh, at South by Sports? Well, it was a great range, actually. And, and that's, I think, one of the great things about having South by Sports at South by Southwest is that we have the opportunity to cover all the sports and all the levels. So we're not just looking at the big four. We're also looking at, obviously, soccer and then alternative sports and action sports. And, you know, this year we're going to be looking at eSports and um, recreational youth sports. And then at every level from pro to collegiate to semi-pro, high school, you know, toddlers, just looking at the how all those things fit together allows us to really program a wide range of topics. So that means that a lot of different things are going to resonate with different people. Partially, that's because our audience is really diverse. It's not just sports industry. It's also participants who are attending for South by Southwest Interactive or film primarily, but have an interest in sport because they are either an engaged consumer fan or they're a parent of an athlete or they're an athlete or some combination of all three. So um, we got great feedback from on, you know, a lot of sessions. And, you know, one in particular would be, for example, um, we had a session called, I think it was like in-stadium experience in the MLS, and it was about sort of the fan experience and, and what the some of the, the most successful MLS teams have done to develop their fan base and through their arena experience. Um, so that was, you know, we had a lot of soccer fans. That room was packed out. We had the president of the Timbers and the uh, Sounders and Sporting KC in there. Um and so it was really cool for soccer fans to hear that stuff, but it was also really compelling because they got very specific and detailed about a lot of their tactics and the and the information that they lean on to make decisions. And, you know, I got some feedback from people who work in another big four sport that they were actually taking a lot of those techniques and planning to apply them towards 
their sport and their, you know, some of their efforts in that area. So that's that's sort of exactly the kind of range of, of experience that we're hoping to create, where every, there's different people in the room who are going to take totally different things away from it. Well, and that's what I hear with Sports PR Summit. People that come to conferences or events or discussions now, they want to have those five to ten nuggets that they can take away and take back and immediately implement or at least propose to their organization, right? Right. Yeah, that and, you know, I mean, maybe it's a philosophy and maybe it's a way of, um, of thinking about things or maybe it's a connection they made when they sat down next to somebody in the room. You know, South by Southwest has been doing this for 30 years and, and fostering these environments where people from different industries can interact. And, and so adding sports into the mix only adds to that. So you've had some huge names come to South by Sports, whether it's Bill Simmons or Charles Barkley, our friend Richard Deitch. Uh, who are some of the other folks that uh, have come in the past, just so you can give our listeners a little bit of a flavor of, of you know, what they might see and hear at South by Sports? Sure. I mean, it's been a mix. So, you know, you mentioned Bill and, and, and Barkley, and we had Jurgen Klinsmann um, speaking with Roger Bennett from Men and Blazers about three months before the World Cup last year, which is pretty exciting. Um, we had Ronda Rousey this year. I'm a huge fan of hers. Yeah, I am superstar. too. Yep. Yeah. I'm, and she was so tremendously um, thoughtful and articulate and not trying to be anybody's role model and yet in that, in doing so becomes the greatest role model, you know? Um, and I love, you know, of course, you, you know this, everyone's so polished and they have the sort of same stock answers, a lot of super successful athletes and Ronda's not one of those people. And so that's one of the reasons I think she finds she's so compelling as a figure, but also her athleticism is just um, literally bar none. So um, Rhonda, uh, we had Baron Davis was was here this year doing a great panel on comedy and sports. We had Victor Cruz, we had Hulk Hogan, which was kind of wild. Um, you know, it really ranges from year to year, and and it's not just athletes. I mean, we um, we we actually premiered a, a film. By Grantland, their first feature film called *Son of the Congo*, and Serge Ibaka came down for that. It was about his return to the homeland. So there's, there's that's one side of it, but we also have, you know, people who are really impacting change in their in their own organizations. Like, you know, when the LA Kings won the Stanley Cup last year, and their Twitter account was, you know, the talk of the town because it had it's this fantastic personality, and the guy behind that is a guy named Pat Donahue, and we had Pat Donahue this year, so. You know, he he was had a lot of great insights to share on on developing that sort of useful brand voice in sport. Um, so it, it's not just the big boldface names that that have opportunity here. So if I'm listening to this show right now and I want to use Panel Picker, mm-hmm. where do I go to use Panel Picker, and how do I submit my proposal uh, by July 24th? Uh, the URL is panelpicker, one word, dot sxsw.com. So it's pretty simple. And there is an FAQ that you can review, which is that same URL and then slash FAQ. Um, but it, it prompts you through it. I think in, in terms of submitting to um, South by Sports in particular, you'll want to enter a proposal for the interactive festival because you have the option of entering for Film Music Interactive or EDU, which is the South by Southwest Education Conference, which is a separate thing. Um, so select interactive, and then you have options of a number of other sort of subcategorizations, one of them being themes So you select sports. And that will be how we will flag it and see it coming through. What if I'm someone who doesn't want to uh, submit an idea for discussion, I just want to attend? How do I attend South by Sports? Um, that's a great question. We start selling registrations uh, on August 3rd at our website, sxsw.com 
slash attend is the more direct route. And you can actually go there now and, and take a look at the registration rates for 2016. There's sort of a, there's early bird rates and then the rates slowly go up until we get to walk up. To get into South by Sports programming, it's part of our convergence context. So that means it's open to more than one type of badge and it's part of interactive and film. So that means you can actually get in with a film badge, an interactive badge, or a gold badge or a platinum badge. And at South by Gold and Platinum just means you have access to more than one event. So Gold is Film and Interactive, Platinum is Film Interactive, and Music, which starts later in the week. So um, depending on what your secondary interest of, is, because that's another advantage of attending South by Sports is you can see things that are not just sport-related. Um, you could buy, buy a film badge and see a lot of great movies or, or go to panels from some of your great you know, favorite filmmakers or an interactive badge and explore all the other great panel programming they have to offer um, or combo badges. And this is taking place at the Four Seasons Hotel in Austin. You're part of it, right? Yes. The, four, uh, the South by Sports is going to be the, the first three days of interactive and film, um, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and it will primarily be at the Four Seasons where we'll have three panel rooms running concurrently. Um, we'll probably have one big session a day over at the convention center, which is about a block away. That's where people like Charles Barkley and Bill Simmons spoke. So uh, give people a flavor for, okay, I've never been to South by Southwest or I've never been to South by Sports. Are we talking thousands of people? How mm -hmm. long is the entire duration of South by Southwest? Just a little bit of a, a background and insight for people who have never attended before. Absolutely. Um, well, South by Southwest was founded as a music conference and festival in 1987. So the sort of fun, loose, edgy side of uh, what comes with a music event still permeates throughout our entire event, you know, 30 years later. Um, so it's uh, a 10-day event that happens in March. It's three main poles, which is music, film, and interactive. Um, the first five days of the event are the interactive festival as well as the film conference and the bulk of the, the film premieres. And then there's sort of a crossover day where music begins and then interactive ends, film conference ends, and then music goes whole hog for the rest of the week. Um, and just for a frame of reference, it's not quite like a three-day music festival like a Coachella or, or more traditional festival people are used to. It's actually about 2,000 bands and over 100 venues over the course of five days. So wow. the scale is significant. You know, on the whole, over throughout those 10 days, um, there's hundreds of thousands of people who come through town. In terms of our registrants, we have about 80,000 registrants total over the course of those 10 days. Um, attending South by Sports is really dependent on, on the room capacities. So because there's so much going on at once, there's so many different topics being covered and so many different industries that you can explore. Um, and we actually utilize a, a, a large number of venues between interactive and film at that time. So the, the capacity in the rooms at the Four Seasons range from around 275 to 400. Um, and then we've got some great lounges and things around there. So it feels the energy is I would say if you've never been here before, it would be really unlike anything you've ever experienced. There's a crackling excitement in the air. People are having fun. It's informal. You know, nobody's really wearing a suit. You can kind of sit in the sunshine. It's, I won't say it's a beer and barbecue festival only, but it is absolutely <laughs> a beer and barbecue event. You know, people love that about Austin, and they love that about South By. And so there is an element of the business that's made to be quite fun. Um, and I think that actually facilitates more business than a, a more standard, a formal affair. Now, I know my listeners will get mad at me if I don't ask this question, and I know we've had you on before, so forgive me for asking it again, but uh -oh. give our listeners a little bit of background about who you are and how you uh -oh. got into this, and you know, <laughs> here I am 
introducing you as the head of South by Sports, but I know my listeners are going to go, well, how did she land that position, and how did she work her way up the ladder, and what does she do with her, her day-to-day job now? Those are so many questions. Um, I know. Well, Just a little the, about you. Sure. Uh, my background actually is originally in entertainment and entertainment PR, so I spent a number of years um, working in Los Angeles as an as an as representative for actors. I was a personal publicist for actors. And about seven years ago I moved to Austin, Texas to have a bit more of a balanced life and landed at South by Southwest at the time where I was in a role running all of the PR for the film festival. And the team was small and I had relationships that sort of trickled back into Hollywood and so I naturally sort of got involved in programming on the film side. Um and then South by Sports really developed out of an area of passion for me. You know, we launched it three years ago, um, actually less than three years ago. This will be our third event. So we launched it in fall 2013, uh, and our first festival was March 2014. And it's really just, it was just born out of passion, and we sort of developed the concept and pitched it up up the stairs, and they said, okay. Um, <laughs> and then I don't think they, they really thought we would, you know, I don't know what they thought, but... Um, We've we've taken the ball and run in a in a really significant way. So how I worked my way up the ladder is really it's moot because I kind of just said this is what we're doing and I'm I'm in charge. Um, so I'm very fortunate in that way. This company is is really cool and and fluid and in exciting ways that you know because we're South by Southwest and we cover so much cultural ground and and explore all these different ways technology impacts everything. There's a lot of flexibility in how we we shape that and present that. And, you know, 30 years of living proof about finding the next big thing at South by Southwest stand, um, stand well for us. And so when we approached the sports industry about participating, there was um, immediate and eager interest. So we've been very fortunate about the, the state we're in in, you know, under three years. Well, but anyone who's ever met you knows what a dynamo you are. And, and if, you know, you were given the trust to make this event great and you've certainly done that and you work very hard and you've got a good team and, you know, congratulations on the success of South by Sports and how quickly it's grown. It really has become a must attend event for everyone out there who's looking for, you know, if you're looking to attend a few events a year, this is definitely one of them. Remind our listeners one more time how they can uh, find Panel Picker. Absolutely. So Panel Picker is open from yesterday, that's June 29th through July 24th, which is a Friday, at panelpicker.sxsw.com. And then um, badges go on sale August 3rd at just sxsw.com. Um, and again, you can attend with a film interactive gold or platinum badge. And our event takes place Friday, March 11th through Sunday, March 13th in 2016. Rebecca Pfefferman, the head of South by Sports. Find her on Twitter at Reb Pfeff. Thank you so much for taking the time. Best of luck. I can't wait to see what the topics and panels and who's going to be there. So I'm excited about the unveiling. All right. You're listening to Sports Business Radio. We'll be right back. Stay in the know at sportsbusinessradio.com. Podcasts, blogs, and more powered by Postano. SBR will be right back. My name is Sophia Berger. I want to tell you about the Pixie Project. 
The Pixie Project matches pets to the right people. The Pixie Project takes pride in finding matches for both people and animals. The Pixie Project also offers low-cost veterinary assistance. My family worked with the Pixie Project to adopt our lovable puppy, Scotty. He's a great addition to our family. So if you get a dog or cat, kitten or puppy, you should go to the Pixie Project. To learn more about the Pixie Project, visit them at www.pixieproject.org. The website is sportsbusinessradio.com. My guest is John Mugar. He is the founder and CEO of TBT, the basketball tournament. It's a single elimination, five-on-five, winner-take-all, open application tournament launched in 2014. They've got NBA veterans playing Mike Bibby, Jamal Tinsley, and many others. Thanks for being on the show. I appreciate it. Thanks, Brian. So tell me how you came up with the idea for this because I, you know, I saw it and I thought, well, lots of different people have tried this, but you've got some really good people involved on your advisory staff. And boy, in only two years, you've really grown this thing. Yeah, we have. Uh, we, we started our event, the event portion about 15 or 16 months ago and launched our first one last year with a half a million dollar winner take all tournament in Philly. And we're back this year for twice the amount of money in uh, four times the regions. And so we've grown it into a national event with uh, with ESPN televising some of the games. But to answer your question, the idea first came, I think, maybe four years ago now for just a massive, open, completely democratic sports tournament, sporting event. Uh, and the idea was, you know, like I was watching the NBA Finals a couple weeks ago, sitting on my couch, to be able to watch a meaningful professional event on TV and and be able to say yourself as a sports fan, you know, I want to do that next year. I want to be in it. I want to play in it. I want to create a team. I want to be a de facto owner of a team in that in that event. And so that's what the challenge was, to create a massive open sporting event for uh, an enormous sum of money. So you, I see you've got the Grantland team. It's already got Jason Williams, Brian Scalabrini, Matt Bonner, is serving as the GM. You've got uh, the coach is Michael Rappaport, the actor, and then Bibby joins that team. You've got some stacked teams. What happens when those guys are competing against the guys that never played in the NBA? How do I mean? That's got to be a dream come true for some of the people that uh, say, "Hey, I think I could beat an NBA guy." I think it is a dream come true for people who think they can beat an NBA guy, and then a dream come true for people who who know that they cannot beat an NBA guy. I think, and we see both of those types of participant in the tournament. And uh, playing against a team like Grantland, or we have a team from Seattle this year that with you know Nate Robinson on the roster. You know, it's a great experience for a lot of a lot of players. And you know, one thing I've found out through this whole process is that there are uh, a very few amount of jobs uh, in the NBA, but there are an enormous amount of extremely talented basketball players out there who can play with people who are in the NBA. So they, they're, the talent disparity between uh, NBA players and, and people who are playing professionally overseas or, or just having graduated college is a lot, uh, you know, there's a lot more parity than I thought there'd be. Well, you hear that. You hear, hey, the New York City street legend or the Seattle or the L.A. you know playground player they just never got the breaks they needed to make the NBA. Well, now they can play on the same court as some of those ex-NBA players and uh, have a chance to really show off their skills. That's right. 
Yeah, and it, that, that's what's really fun about this format. Our format is kind of mirrors March Madness, where it's a single elimination tournament. This year we have 97 teams participating. Last year we had 32. And as we know from March Madness, you know, there, there's maybe aside from a 16 seed winning, uh, just about anything can happen. Uh, and, and on any given day, if, as long as you have a team that's cohesive, that shows up and plays good team basketball, uh, any team can beat any other team on any given night. And that's what we hope, that type of excitement is what we hope to tap into. So let's talk about some logistics here. If I have a team and I want to enter, how much does that cost me? Zero dollars. Really? So yeah. there's no entry fee at all. You just show up and you have an organized team. And so, you know, I guess that leads to my next question. You put up a million dollars, winner take all on this. Who do you have sponsors? How do you underwrite these efforts, especially if there's no entry fees? It's privately funded. So it's just like any other business would be, uh, it, especially with last year. You know, this year it's a little bit of a different story. With ESPN as a partner, we have a lot more inventory to work with. So we, we, we're looking for the same revenue streams that any professional sports league or, or a professional team uh, taps into, which is you know, sponsorship, media, and uh, merchandise and ticket sales to a lesser extent. Interesting. Yeah, I, I just think it's a, it's a good concept. Tell our, our listeners, when does this start? How long does it last? When is it on ESPN? start playing games on July 10 and we play for four consecutive weekends and the whole event culminates with a winner take all game for $1 million on ESPN on August 2nd at 3 PM. So, you know, as of maybe three, three weeks ago, it could have literally been any team in the world who, who, who could be playing in that game. But as of now we've selected our 97 teams are going to be playing. So we know it's, we know that there are, there are two of our teams that are going to be playing on ESPN are in the field now. So four straight weekends starting July 10. And how we do it is we have 24 teams in each region. So we'll play down to four teams in each of our four regions. We'll take the final 16 teams and fly them all into Chicago for a Super 17 weekend, which is July 24-25. And why we call that the Super 17, Ryan, is because uh, the Notre Dame Fighting Alumni, which is our 2014 champions, they play into the bracket to defend their title at that point. So they actually get a three-round bye. So they're only five wins away or ten hours of basketball from a million dollars this year, which is a nice advantage for them. So after the Super 17 weekend, that weekend we play down to four, and then we take our final four teams. They're going to be flown into New York, and that's when we have all of our, our semifinals and championship on ESPN on the main network, August 1 and 2. How long are the games, and can teams have bench players? They could, it, the games resemble college rules, and uh, except we have 18-minute halves instead of 20-minute halves. And as far as the bench players go, that's a great question. A lot of teams last year showed up with five, and I think they did that to take a bigger cut of the money. Mm. And a lot of very highly talented teams showed up with five. And what, what we found was or what they found was they were pretty winded and pretty gassed early on, and they didn't perform well. So I think we're going to see a lot more, uh, a lot more deeper teams this year and uh, a lot more organized teams this year who have a, sort of a, a coaching type of a person on the sidelines to be able to sub guys in and out. Yeah, I would think just because – 
you know, some of these guys, what if they like pop an Achilles or tear an ACL? Like if you don't have five guys that can play on the court at one time and you don't have any reserves, don't you have to forfeit? Well, we had teams play with four. So oh, geez. We, yep. They played. We have team. You can go down and play with that many. So you don't have to forfeit, but you're not going to win. <laughs> probably. So Tony Ponturo, Andy Dolich, some pretty reputable people, Joe Favorito involved with this effort. How did you uh, find them, and, and what's your background? My background is in comedy, producing, and writing. Really? And, oh, yeah, my gosh. That's so yeah. different than this. It is. It is. So I, I worked in a writing and producing for a TV show, which was on Adult Swim, which is Cartoon Network, for about eight years in Los Angeles. And I came up with this idea while I was doing that. And... um I think maybe I spent four months from when the idea first uh, came to when I had a nice document that I could send around to people of how this could actually work, how you could put on a massive open tournament like this and make it work. And so some of the people I sent it to through family friends, I got it to people like Andy Dolich and Tony Pontoro and Len DeLuca, and they all uh, saw the promise in it and have helped me enormously as advisors for three and a half or four years now. So what's your long-term goal with this thing? I have, I think big on this. So, you know, I want, I want to continue to grow the prize every year. Um, the original concept started out with a 10 or $20 million prize you know, I'd love to catch up to the NBA salary cap sometime. You know, I, I want to basically, I want this to be a 50 to 75 year property. And I want this to be a new model for sports where, it's a major established televised event that gives anybody the opportunity to play in it. And could you duplicate this in other sports, baseball, football, soccer? Yeah, there's no, there's no question. There are a lot of sports and then there are a lot of different parts of the world that you could duplicate this in. And that, that's been one of the most surprising things to me is that, you know, people really love the format and they can see, Hey, have you, have you tried, have you thought about doing this sport in this country? And there, there are so many possibilities for, for this format to thrive. But, you know, I'm in the throes of it now with the basketball tournament. So really got to focus on this year's event first and foremost and then think about growing after that point. So where will you be during the tournament this year? You mentioned several sites. Do you get to visit all of the sites? What's your, uh, your game plan for when the tournament's taking place? Yeah, I'll be hiding under the bleachers. <laughs> uh, yeah, I thought about how unhumorous that would be. By the way, if I if I find if I lost myself during the championship game, yeah, with with the oversized check last year, um, but I'll, I'll be actually all across the country. We have we're going to be in Atlanta, Philly, Chicago, and L.A. for the prelims, uh, and I'll be in in all of those. And then for the Chicago for the Super Seventeen weekend, and then New York for the championship. So I'll be all all over the place. Does this make money, or are you not there yet? Not there yet, and uh, you know, you know, I, I I have to keep that long long view in mind, and it's it's similar to what I've read about a lot of other businesses. You know, I, I feel like we've made some really great strides this year in terms of uh, this falling on the radar of a lot of different people, and now that we've been in existence for 15 or 16 months, you can definitely feel momentum that, uh, and we're gaining the confidence of a lot of other people. They now know that we can put on a first-class event and that this concept of an open tournament works. So 
I'm hoping and, you know, and we're, we're pushing for, you know, maybe a three, three or four year period where, you know, we can start breaking even. We have a lot of influential people who work in the sports industry who listen to this show. If someone's listening and they say, hey, I want to be a sponsor or I want to be a media partner or maybe I even want to be an investor, how do they get in touch with you? Through the tournament.com, that's where we do everything from selling uh, tickets to, to all these events that I've listed to listing out our schedule. Everything's on the tournament.com. And anyone can obviously email us at, at info at the tournament.com. How so much we're, is a ticket to the there. event? What's that? If you want to attend the event, how much is a ticket to the event? We have a $20 general admission day pass for all of it. And a, a majority of our, of our games are, uh, of our game days rather are eight games back to back. So a $20 ticket will get you into all of those games and you can come and go as you please from the venue. Uh, until the championship weekend in New York, and that, and then we have some price tiers. You can still get in for twenty dollars, but we have some more premium seats in addition to that. I know you probably can't make a prediction on a team about winning, but is there a, a coach or a GM or someone like that that you're like, hey, that's really cool that they entered the tournament. That's my uh, my brainchild. Yeah, I mean, for, I've almost every team, honestly, that comes in, I'm sort of, I, I feel very grateful for. Uh, especially last year, one of the first teams to enter was the Cornell 2010 team that went to the Sweet 16. So <clears throat> I'm, I'm always going to be kind of partial to them. They're not playing this year. But this year, I think there's a team called Team Crossover, which is playing in the South, which is made up of some very high-level uh, Division Three All-Americans in addition to other Division One and Two players. And, and as a Division Three walk-on basketball player myself, I'm, I'm going to be paying close attention to them. That's great. Uh, social media. Can people follow you on social media? Yep, we're on uh, we're on on Twitter and and Facebook. Uh, the tournament. So Facebook slash the tournament. Great. Well, best of luck with this venture. And again, give out the website one more time for everyone. It looks like uh, the tournament dot com and at the tournament on Twitter and and Facebook. Just the tournament, right? That's right, Brian. And. The most important thing to remember in all of this is that on August 2nd, 3 p.m. on ESPN, two teams will be playing for a million dollars, and, uh, and that's, that's the one to tune into. Well, I will certainly be watching. Uh, honestly, uh, I had not heard about this event, and the more I read up on it and the more I was uh, informed of the event, the more I thought, what a brilliant idea this is, and uh, I just think it's a great concept. So, John Mugar, the... Founder and CEO of the basketball tournament, a $1 million winner-take-all event coming up, and it's going to be on ESPN as well. Thank you so much for joining us on Sports Business Radio. Thank you, Brian. You're listening to Sports Business Radio. We'll be right back. Stay in the know at sportsbusinessradio.com. Podcasts, blogs, and more powered by Postano. SBR will be right back. In the summertime when the weather is high, 
Sports Business Radio talks to the people who call the shots in the world of sports. Brian Berger goes one-on-one with the biggest names. My guest is David Stern. He's the commissioner of the NBA. It is always a pleasure, Brian. Bill Hancock. He's the executive director of the Bowl Championship Series. I'm happy to be here. Thanks for having me. Dallas Mavericks owner Mark Cuban. Mark, thanks for joining me. My pleasure. My guest is Mickey Loomis. He's the executive vice president and general manager of the world champion New Orleans Saints. Pleasure to be with you guys. Mr. Allen, thanks for joining me. Thank you. My guest is Mark Emmert. He's the president of the NCAA. Oh, happy to join you. My pleasure. My guest is Eric Spolstra. He's the head coach of the Miami Heat. Brian, appreciate it. Glad to, uh, glad to be on the show. Mr. Nicholas, it's an honor to have you on Sports Business Radio. Thanks for joining us. My pleasure, Brian. Visit sportsbusinessradio.com and subscribe to our free iTunes podcast. Follow us on Facebook and Twitter and stay connected to the business side of sports only with Sports Business Radio. This is Sports Business Radio. My guest is Kyle Nelson. He is the co-founder and CMO of MVP Index. You can find them online at mvpindex.com. MVP Index is the first index that measures the digital brand value of over 20,000 professional athletes, plus their associated teams and leagues. Kyle, thanks for joining us on Sports Business Radio. Brian, I can't thank you enough for having me on the show today. Yeah, I'm really uh, interested in learning more about MVP Index. I, I've been on your website, and you know, I think this is a service that is so needed in our industry. Uh, explain to our audience kind of the 30,000-foot the level overview of how you started MVP Index and what the company does in addition to what I just mentioned. Yeah, sure, Brian. Um, actually, the impetus of the company uh, started with my co-founder and partner, Sean Spieth, and you may recognize the last name there, Spieth. He is the father of Jordan Spieth, the PGA Tour player, who uh, can now uh, claim a uh, Masters title and a U.S. Open title. So Not uh, bad. Not bad to be that, uh, that boy's uh, father, right? Um, but <clears throat> Sean, when Jordan was looking to uh, go pro, uh, he looked at all kinds of different things, uh, to help look at what it would what it would mean to build that brand, the Jordan Spieth brand, uh, upon entering the PGA Tour, and one of those as a millennial is is obviously you got to look at social media. I uh, had just recently sold my uh, social media agency in 2011, and uh, has served my term, so to speak. And in 2012, uh, as Jordan was looking at things. Uh, Sean came to me and said, what would it mean to build this digital brand as Jordan goes out? And the first question was, well, who's doing it right? And what are they doing that, uh, you know, is it Tiger Woods? Is it uh, Rory McIlroy? Is it Ricky Fowler? Is it Ian Poulter? Who's building their digital brand and how are they doing it? And what are they doing on each platform, and who is engaging with them, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Well, to do that manually was ridiculous, and social media is real-time, and and, uh, uh, every platform works differently. So we looked at it, and I said, you know, we really basically have to have every PGA Tour player in here, but that's just PGA. Do PGA Tour players actually do social media right? Uh, what about LeBron James, Kobe, uh, uh, Steph? How are they doing things in the NBA? So 
we realized there needed to be a good housekeeping seal of approval out there. Something that said, this is who's top in social, or here's who's top on Facebook for this brand. Uh, because just being good on social wasn't good enough. We needed to figure out how he could be a great brand ambassador for Under Armour, Rolex, uh, now AT&T, et cetera. And so we needed to know what messages w resonated with fans for those brands. So a long-winded way of telling you, we've built an index that measures everything that's happening around sports amongst those brand ambassadors and are able to peel the onion back and say, well, this guy's really good for, for golf, but he's not performing well for his brand, Adidas or, or Nike. And, uh, and build a story of what works for these brand ambassadors so brands can leverage them uh, to engage with fans. That's a great idea. I work with a lot of athletes when I'm not hosting this show. And you know, one of the things I tell them is that social media has become the new Q rating. So you remember Q ratings used to be taken by uh, corporations who were looking at aligning themselves with celebrities or athletes. And now companies want to see what kind of a social media following do you have? Um, I take someone like Damian Lillard, who's here in my backyard in Portland, Oregon. This is a small market. But, you know, he got a very large deal with Adidas because he's so good at pushing product socially and using right. his social media platforms and showing off his personality. And, um, you know, I think that's what endorsers are looking for now is I may not be able to put them in a commercial or I may not have the money to put them in a commercial, but can they tout their own product and my brand via their social media platforms? One of the things I really like about how you do the measurement is you know, for example, I'm on the top 10 of the NBA right now on MVPindex.com. And I see, yep. you know, that it's got like LeBron and Kevin Durant. It's got all of their different social platforms, whether it's Facebook, Google Plus, Instagram, uh, Twitter, or it looks like even uh, if they have a YouTube channel. Um, so I, I like how it lists like which athletes have which platforms. And then you can see, you know, who's the most popular in each of these leagues or who's you know, using social media the most. I, I think it's a well-thought-out system. Well, thanks. You know, uh, a, a lot of the platforms that are out there are the ways that people have judged whether somebody was good on social with how many fans and followers they had. And though reach is important, it's, it's vitally important, um, engagement is more so. And, and so you can have lots of uh, – I, I attribute it to uh, – having a stadium with lots of seats, no one's showing up. So having that reach, having all those followers is, is a good thing, but if they're not engaging with the content from that athlete or if the content, there's no content coming back to those uh, fans, they're not a good brand ambassador. Um, and you want to know what the conversations that a, a, Litter, a, Litter, a Lillard is having or a Jordan Spieth or a Steph Curry are having to say, is that brand ambassador engaging with content that resonates with the fans I want for my brand? So uh, I appreciate the, the fact that you see how we're building the index and that it is different. And, and I like the comparison of, of a Q score only on one thing I would change uh, in how we're doing things, and that is Q 
Scores and, and Davy Brown and all of these other um, ratings, if you will, were predominantly based on surveys. And our big change here, Brian, is that we're looking not to ask people questions but listen to what they're saying the answers are. So, yeah, that's, that's, uh, again, I think you're on to something there. Explain to me, I see on the, uh, again, mvpindex.com website, you've got matchups. So, for instance, on the front page right now, you've got Serena Williams versus, uh, uh another young lady whose name I can't pronounce, Petra Kiv- Kivitova, I think is how yeah, you pronounce well, well- We'll just stick with Petra. Exactly. So <laughs> how do you choose which athletes you do the matchups for and, and why the matchups on the, on the page of the site? So the first thing to realize is that our homepage is, is more of a teaser of our capabilities. So um, we, we show a matchup there. We show the top 10 in, in various sports. Uh, and we also show you what is the top post on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Google Plus, and YouTube uh, by day. Um, we we primarily built that homepage to show people we have all the content. So start asking us questions. We'll go out and get it for you. Um, and the matchup is just a way of showing you that, you know, compare two athletes side by side that happen to be competing. So if it were... Uh, two quarterbacks, uh, you take a, uh, Peyton Manning and, uh, you compare him to, let's say, a Tony Romo since I'm here in Dallas. Uh, last year, you would have been matching up two people that aren't on social. This year, Peyton isn't on, on social, uh, believe it or not, but Tony Romo is. And, uh, he's actually moving up the, the rankings uh, very, very quickly um, uh, because he's, he's gone out there and, and joined on Twitter. So um, we wanted to give fans, um, but more importantly, brands, some context as to here, here's what's happening in sports and here's how, in that case, two quarterbacks are matching up from a social media perspective and just have fun with it. Um, we're actually going to expand this area out um, over the next uh, six months, uh, get some more real-time data into the, the feed. Um, and in fact, our website as a whole is uh, dramatically changing. So uh, we will be releasing um, uh, all kinds of new features. We just announced uh, about three or four months back uh, the introduction of our serendipity and keyword engine. So if you were to ask me what is the number one brand ambassador for Pepsi, uh, I could go into our keyword engine and I could say, well, the top post is by Messi, and it happened in 2014 in March, and actually show you the post. And then I can show you a subsequent posts for representation of Pepsi and who was the best brand ambassador, either team, league, or, or athlete. Um, so when you when you look at the fact that we've had three years of data, there's there's really nothing we can't get at. Um, so hopefully that gets gets you kind of a feel of what's uh, you know under the hood here, and the matchups just to to give you an idea of where two competing athletes for the day sit in in our index. 
My guest is Kyle Nelson. He's the co-founder and CMO of MVP Index. Find them online at mvpindex.com. So I would consider you definitely a social media expert. If you were sitting in front of Peyton Manning or someone like Phil Mickelson, two people who, as you just mentioned, are not on social media, what case or argument would you make with them as to, hey, here's why you need to be on social media? Yeah, it's a great, great question. So first of all, I don't know an athlete that's at least popular that doesn't have some foundation in charity. So it's almost wasted uh, opportunity for these brand ambassadors not to represent the foundations that they're trying to to serve, and so uh, and the the charities that they're trying to help uh, reward uh, and leverage their celebrity status. So here's all this airtime and all these fans that really want to engage with Peyton Manning, but they can't touch him. Uh, and so he can't really get his true personality out there and leverage that, even, as I said, just for his foundation. But it, it's also a huge missed opportunity long term for uh, brand ambassadors to represent the brands that they have. So for Nationwide, uh, the number one brand ambassador for Nationwide is actually Dale Earnhardt or Dale, or Dale Jr., so Dale Jr. Uh, does a fantastic do- job, as you know, socially. And I had a conversation with Dale um, in a podcast about three or four months ago. And Dale explained how humble he was in the fact that he was able to engage with not just his fan, but the people that he's a fan of. So whether it was a Tom Brady or, or whoever he might engage with online, he found it, 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 it that social allowed him an opportunity to do something where he didn't have the phone number of a Tom Brady. He didn't have the email address of a Tom Brady. But over Twitter, uh, or in the case of Tom Brady, over Facebook, uh, he is able to engage with that athlete in a unique way, but also allow his fan to participate in that conversation as well. So... Uh, it, it gives Dale a, a, a better connection with the people he's fans with, with the brands he represents, and with the fans that that uh, follow him. And so it gives him lots of feedback, uh, things that he can find that that he's passionate about, that he can share with those fans, and some of those things are, are his charities as well. But as we move into this more digital age uh, and tr- – Fewer and fewer people are watching sports, um, uh, you know, on television or attending a live event, and more are participating uh, in sports over social. It's critical that a brand ambassador and these athletes in particular are engaging with these audience to drive them to watch them on television, to to attend an event. Otherwise, the, the millennial audience is going to go somewhere else. Yeah, it's great. So it's critical. Great points that you make. So before I let you go, you mentioned Sean Spieth, father of Jordan, also co-founder of MVP Index with you. What kind of feedback are you able to get from Jordan? I would imagine, again, a world-class elite athlete like him, someone whose brand is really rising by the day after winning the Masters and the U.S. Open. That'll do that for you. But 
um, you know, a lot of times companies like yours don't have access to those elite athletes to get that feedback. Are you able to pick his brain and, and kind of uh, have some touch points with him along the way as you build this? Yeah, I mean, he, he is tough to get a hold of just like anyone else. And, and uh, uh, he, you know, golfers, a lot of people don't realize how often they're really on the road. Right. Uh, he, he is here in Dallas this week, uh, but I, I haven't seen him. Um, and I'm sure Sean feels the same way of, of trying to get a hold of his own son uh, <laughs> from time to time. He has to go out to the golf course to see him. But um, the feedback we get is, is twofold, and it's, it's both ways. We provide Jordan Spieth and his agency and his brands content or, or uh, context as to what is working for him. So here was his top post this week. Here was the most engaged post for Under Armour, for AT&T, for Rolex, uh, et cetera, uh, and, and, and even work with those brands to figure out what messaging works across uh, Jordan Spieth's channels. Uh, so you take Superstroke, the, the putting grip. Um, what, what Should he just be taking pictures of that putting grip? Does it get lots of engagement, which hashtags work, et cetera? And then the feedback you get from Jordan is he's a very authentic brand ambassador. He's not out there to push products down anyone's throat. Uh, more so, he wants to share his experience with uh, with the products that he represents and uses. Um, and that's probably why he does so well over social, is he believes in the products that he represents. It comes across authentically. Uh, when he's talking about a product and um, he wants to make sure he represents uh, the product as well as represents to the fan uh, his passion for that brand. So last question for you, because I'm sure our audience is, is wondering this. It looks like there's no fees associated with using MVP index. Um, am I correct with that? And then I guess if I am, how do you guys monetize this so that you can continue to grow it? Uh, actually, uh, great question. Um, the home homepage of the site is literally a teaser. Uh, when you start clicking through and trying to really see uh, an athlete and what their top content was, um, where they're ranked on each platform, where they're ranked in reach or engagement or in conversation, which is our sentiment score, or doing keyword analysis, uh, co competitive analysis, which the platform does as well, uh, there is a fee. Um, we charge um, based on how many sports a brand would access uh, and uh, the data that they pull. Uh, so if they're they're leveraging our keyword module or our serendipity module, um, so there is absolutely a fee. Our target customer is primarily brands. Uh, we work with some of the, the most well-respected brands um, in sports, and uh, but we also work with teams, and we help teams, uh, particularly on the sponsorship side, build, uh, understand what what's working with the brands that they are going out and pitching, um, and we help build a value. So whether it's an athlete, a team, or a league. We help them realize what is their social media footprint worth um, and how well did they perform for 
their brands that they're representing, and what was the ROI. Uh, we're really the first to do that, and we're doing that in real time, um, and we do it across all, all channels. So uh, we can tell a brand how well they, uh, their brand ambassadors perform for them, which channels worked, what return they got on each channel. Uh, but we can also say, if you would have done this, it would have been worth more. So we can give them examples through the platform of posts that did that underperformed uh, and examples of similar posts by other brand ambassadors that did to raise that return. Kyle Nelson, the co-founder and CMO of MVP Index. Find them online at mvpindex.com. I appreciate you taking the time. I really like what you're doing. And I hope we can stay in touch in the future. Brian, I look forward to it. Thank you very much. You're listening to Sports Business Radio. We'll be right back. This is Sports Business Radio with Brian Berger, powered by Postano. More of the show coming up. It's summertime. It's summertime, summertime, some, some, summertime, 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 some, some, summertime, 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 some, some, summertime, summertime. Hi, it's Brian Berger. Here at Sports Business Radio, we are proud to work with our partners, Pastano. They make a sports-proven visual marketing platform that I've personally been amazed to see. Teams like the Dallas Cowboys, Boston Red Sox, LA Kings, and Cleveland Cavaliers all use Pastano to engage their fans. When sports teams and fans tell their stories together, amazing things can happen. Every fan has a story. Whether you want to put selfies on the Jumbotron, create a dynamic social media command center, or activate a hashtag campaign on your website, Pastano can design an amazing social experience true to your brand. Even better, using the Pistano platform can pay for itself through selling sponsorships. As an example, the Kings sell sponsor space to Toyota and other clients and run the ads using Pistano. Want to see what your team's social content could look like? Schedule a demo today. Go to pistano.com slash sports. If you're a fan of this podcast, you understand the real power of engaging your fans. And these guys get it. That is P-O-S-T-A-N-O dot com. This is Sports Business Radio. We are back to wrap up this edition of Sports Business Radio. Hope you enjoyed the show. Thanks for tuning in. Uh, Stay tuned for a big announcement from my event, the Sports PR Summit. You can go to sportsprsummit.com or follow us on Twitter at Sports PR Summit. Really excited about the future of the event, so stay tuned for a big announcement from the Sports PR Summit in the next few weeks. Thank you to our guests, Rebecca Pfefferman, John Mugar, and Kyle Nelson. Thanks to our show staff, Brian Griggs, Josh Blank, Doug Zanger, and Diane Penny. Thanks to our friends at Pistano for powering Sports Business Radio. Follow them online at Pistano.com or on Twitter at Pistano. A podcast reminder, you can catch our show on demand via podcast. Go to iTunes, type in Sports Business Radio. We are rated in the top 100 business news podcasts. You can also find our show via the TuneIn Radio and Stitcher apps. Follow me on Twitter, at SB Radio. Our Twitter feed was named the top 100 sports business must-follows on Twitter for 2014. We're looking for strategic partners for the Sports Business Radio Roadshow. We take our show on the road four times a year. We go to universities and do the show with a key decision maker in front of a live audience of students, faculty, and alums. We'd love for some partners for our road show. It's a great way to reach the younger demographic and alums who attend our show. Also a great way to reach our radio audience. You can send me a note at Brian, B-R-I-A-N, at sportsbusinessradio.com if you're interested in being a part of the Sports Business Radio Roadshow. 
For Brian Griggs, I'm Brian Berger. Have a great week, and we'll talk to you soon right here on Sports Business Radio.